Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur, Rosh Chodesh Adar, will be Daf Pe Gimal. In Pesachim, we're starting on Pe Bet Amur Bet at the words Nitmiu Abalim Oshmetu Tiubar Tzirotan. We had said those are the two dots. It's about thirteen lines in the bottom of the page. The Mishnah had said that had the owners got tamefied or they died, then to Ubar Suratan, then you don't burn the Korban Pesach immediately, rather you leave it to spoil, and once it spoils, then you're able to burn it. And we mentioned that Rabbi Yochanan ben Bruka said that even if the owner got tamefied or the owner died, you burn it right away, even in those cases. Not just if the korban got tamer, but even in the case where Tanakama says you have to let it rot, according to Rabbi Yochanan, you can burn it immediately. That was the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, That's only when the owners got tamerified before they sprinkle the blood of the korban Pesach. Because if so, after the sprinkling of the blood, the meat became fit to eat, and then the owner got tamed. That's what happened. And that's why we say that we allow it to rot. But in the event that the owner will get tamed before we sprinkle the blood, where at no point in time, thank you, Benjamin, Hashem should bless you. Where at no point in time was the korban ever fit to eat, because at the time of Zedekah, the owner was previously Tameh. Then, then everyone would agree, according to Rav Yosef, that you would be able to burn it immediately. Metivi, Rav Yosef's assertion will now be disputed from a brighter. The brighter says the following, Anything that's pasul by the very item itself, Yisrof Miyad should be burnt right away. Bechol, right? Bedam, Anytime it's pasul in the blood, which means the blood got spilled or the blood got tamerified, or the owner got tamer, then you have to allow it to spoil. So if it got pasul itself, then you burn it right away. But if the blood got tamerified or the owner got tamerified or spilled the blood, then you allow it to rot before you burn it. Yeah. And then you let it burn afterwards. Katani, we learned. It seems like we're comparing blood to owners. Madam, just like the blood, when we say that it got spilled or pasulified, it must be before you sprinkle it. Because after you sprinkle it, you don't have it anymore. Must be talking about before sprinkling. So to the owners are before Zidika, and still we're saying that we're allowing it 
to spoil before we burn it. So this is against Rav Yosef's assertion before, where Rav Yosef says that if the owner got tamerified, before Zidika, we'll burn it right away. Rather, if Rav Yosef said his statement, which we're expressing doubt, maybe he never said it. But if he said it, he would have said it like this. The machloket is when the owners got tamerified before Zidikah. Where the meat was never fit to eat. That's when one rabbi says, Tanakama says that you let it spoil and Yochan and Rukas says not to. But but if the owner got to man for it after Zika, did Chaze where the meat was fit fit to eat, did I call everyone will agree? It's Pasul because of an external factor. you must let it spoil before you burn it. That's all Rabbi Yosef. There's a machloket in both cases. When we, the Mishnah says, Tanakama and Rabbi Yochan Ruka are arguing whether you burn it right away or you let it spoil, that's a machloket no matter when the guy got tamerified, before or after Zidika. And Rabbi Yochan is following his reasoning. Because Rabbi Yochan claimed that Rabbi Yochan claims that Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi Yochan are both of the same opinion. Now, Rabbi Yochan Ruka, Ruka, we just said what he said. He's the one who says he can burn it right away. Rabbi Nechemia, Mahi, we just said he's the same as Rabbi Nechemia, but who is Rabbi Nechemia? Oh, let me tell you. Adani will learn to Nebraita. Rabbi Nechemia, Omer, Vipne Aninut Nisnefazo. If you remember beforehand, <coughs> we were talking about Aaron and Moshe's Machloket. Mm-hmm. How Aaron had been. Um, criticized by Moshe. As a matter of fact, the only time in the entire Torah that we ever see Moshe criticize Aaron, besides for the Egel, is here. And um, Aaron had said that uh, Aaron had defended the burning of the Chatat. There was a Chatat that got burnt. Uh, for whatever reason, we didn't, the, the, the Chumash neglects to say why. And Rebbe is of the opinion that the reason why Aharon let it get burnt is because Aharon at that point was an Onen. An Onen is someone who's lost a relative and it not, the relative has not been buried. Being that he was an Onen, he felt like he could not eat Right, because Nadav and Avihu had just passed away, therefore he couldn't eat the kodeshim, and therefore they burnt it. That's according to this from Nehemiah. That's why the pasuk says, oti If you look at the pasuk on the side, and something happened like this. Kaele means he's like referring to his two sons. I mean, if something like this would happen to me, that I'm on end. What do you want me to do? I can't eat it. Hashem wouldn't be happy with that. Vaninut, la kilachazikadami. More saying, 
and Aninut, being an Onen, is like after the sprinkling. Why? Because even if they died before the Zedikah, the Zedikah doesn't get Pasul from the fact that Aaron and his and 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 Elazani Tamar are not able to eat the korban because this korban is not an eating korban. So therefore, we don't call it like a before zidika; we call it an after zidika because since the focus of the korban is not an eating like the pesach, it's a, a focus is the kapara. So therefore, it's called like refnezika. And therefore. And therefore, the fact that we see that Aharon burnt it immediately and didn't wait till it got spoiled to burn shows you that after Zedekah, you still burn right away. And therefore, we see that this opinion that we said before, that there's a machlok in both cases, and the Biochon Membruka is going like, goes like a Rechemia who says that Aharon was Aninut. Okay. That's, we just explained that Rabbi Yochanan Ruka in the Mishnah is the same as Rabbi Nechemia, a different Tana. Now we're going to tell you that there's another Tana who goes like Rabbi Yochanan Ruka. Rabbi Mosif et Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Rabbi says that not only is Rabbi Yochanan Ruka like Rabbi Nechemia, he also has a similar opinion to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, that it could get burnt right away. The Tanya, because we learned in a bright day, Rabbi Yossi Glilomer, call Ha'inyan Kulo, everything that it says in the Pasuk. There's a Pasuk in Parshat Sav that says the following. V'chol chatat ha'shiruva midamar ele ol moed. Any korban chatat that you bring some of the blood into the ol moed, lechaped bakodesh, for a kapara, lo te'echel ba'esh, it has to be burnt. So if you brought your blood of the Chatat in the oil moed, you disqualified has to be burnt. According to this, this is talking about a burnt pod or a burnt goat. In this case, that we burn the pasul ones in the bet mikdash. To say that you get a love if you eat these burnt ones. Amrullah, so the rabbis told him, How do you know that if you bring a chatat inside, that it, it gets pasul by, by bringing the blood inside? From Aaron, Aaron says, I didn't bring the blood inside, implying, sounds like if he would bring it inside, but if he would, it would be b'sefa. When, in other words, sorry, Moshe told Aharon, he says, "Why'd you burn it? We didn't bring the blood inside." Implication being that had you brought the blood inside, everyone would understand why you're burning it. So therefore, you see, that's how you see that blood that goes inside get burnt. Now, what does that do with us? We're talking about the the guy getting tamer. So you see. That any chatat that you bring the blood inside, the blood to get burnt. And now, since Aaron got burnt right away, mm-hmm. therefore we see that the same thing would be by a regular chatat. Right? That pasul dam, still, 
gets burnt, burnt right away. And therefore, you could say the same thing that comes to Pasul owners. Pasul dam and Pasul owners are really the same things. Because Pasul dam is not part of the carbon, and Pasul owners is not the carbon getting Pasul. And if Pasul dam gets burnt right away, so to Pasul owners. And therefore, we see that Rabbi Yossi Aglili is of the same opinion as Rabbi Yochanan Mabruka of Amishnah. Okay. Rabbi Yochanan Savar, he holds no. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees <coughs> with Rabbah because Rabbah had said that blood is the same thing as an owner and therefore since we see that the blood when the blood gets tamerified we immediately burn so this Rabbi would also say that owners who got tamerified we should immediately burn Rabbi Yochanan says not necessarily I believe that blood is like the carbon and the owner is his own thing. And therefore, I do not agree that Yosheh Glili is the same as Yosheh Glili. That's a machlok. So what, okay. what do you do according to Yosheh Glili? The owner gets uh... According to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yosheh Glili might say that if the owner gets tamerified, that we have to let it spoil before we burn it. Okay? Okay. Brand new Mishnah. Let's have some fun. <coughs> Says the Mishnah. Mishnah's, this Mishnah is talking about um, you have a Korban Pesach and of course we know that you're not allowed to leave any of the Korban Pesach till the morning. We're talking about different parts of the Korban Pesach that might be left to the morning and what you do with them. Says the Mishnah, Ha'atzamot, the bones of the Korban Pesach. Now, bones have inside the bones something called marrow. I don't know if you guys have ever tried it, but sometimes people like to break the bones and eat the marrow inside the bones. Okay? Ha'atzamot, the bones, va'gidin, and the and the nerves. Va'anotar, and leftover meat of a Korban. Gisrefu b'shisha. Asad should be burnt on the 16th of Nisan. 16th of Nisan is the first day Cholmoyed. So again, the, the Korban Pesach is supposed to be eaten on the night of the 15th. It's supposed to be finished before the morning. On the morning of the 15th, if you have leftover Korban, or leftover bones, or leftover nerves, then you have to burn them. But you can't burn them on the 15th because it's holiday. Wait till the 16th. If the 16th is Shabbat, which means that it was a two-day holiday for the people in Israel, because Passover first night fell out on Thursday night, and therefore the day of Friday is the 15th, and 16th is Shabbat, and now you can't burn on the 16th because it's, because it's Shabbat. So burn on the 17th. Because burning this stuff doesn't doche Shabbat or Yom Tov. Doesn't what? Shabbat? Doesn't push off Shabbat or Yom Tov. You can burn it on Shabbat. You cannot. Doesn't push it off. It does The bur, the mitzvah of burning these yeah. leftovers yeah. is not more important to, to be able to push away the laws of Shabbat. Okay. And therefore, when Shabbat comes on the sixteenth, you do it on the seventeenth. Okay. Says the Gemara, Amar of Mari, Bar Abua. I'm a Rabbi Yitzchak. Atzamot kedoshim shishimshu notar mitamein et ha'yadayim ho'ir v'naaseh basis l'dvar ha'asur. Now, 
let's understand what's going on here. There is a law that you're not allowed to break a bone of the Korban Pesach while you're eating it. Okay? Ve'etzim lotesh berubo. While we're eating it, we're eating like free men. Right. Hashem has a love in the Torah that while you're eating it, you can't break a bone and suck the marrow out. Okay. Now, the marrow, however, is edible food. And technically, it's notar, which means there's edible parts of the korban, which you did not eat, and technically it should be burnt. Okay. Now, we're presuming over here that the bones which are inedible, being that they're serving, which means they're being a plate or being a, a serving piece for the marrow, which the marrow itself is edible, is edible and notarful, notarful, which means it could become notar. Right. And notar has a law that if you touch notar, notar is leftover carbon that's past its expiration date. Okay, So this marrow is leftover past expiration date. And the bone is a plate for the marrow. And therefore, we're claiming over here that our Mishnah holds the fact that the Mishnah is saying that you burn the bones is indicative that anything that serves notar becomes like notar and therefore needs to be burnt. Okay? okay? Let's read it inside. Amar Rabbah, Rav Mari Baravua, Amar Yitzchak. Atzamot kiddushim shishimshu notar. Atzamot are sacrifices that serve notar. And they can metame your hands. Since it's a base, for something that's asur, which is the marrow. Okay? Let's bring a proof from our Mishnah. Why? Our Mishnah says a similar thing. It says that you burn the bones on the 16th, together with the Gidim and the Notar. What kind of bones are we burning in our Mishnah on the 16th? If we're talking about bones that have no marrow inside, what do we have to burn them for? It's not notar. It's not fit for eating. It must be that there is moach inside of it. If you say what Rabbi Mari Baravua says, that anything that serves notar becomes like notar, then that's why we have to burn the bones. But if you claim that someone something that serves notar is nothing, and therefore it's not, it doesn't become asur, why should we burn the bones in Emishnah? Let's break them. And take out the marrow in it. For Stefan will burn the marrow. And we'll throw out the bones. We see a proof from our Mishnah to the rule of Mari Barabua. Is everyone with me? Yeah. So the Gemara says back, like Harry said, Amrullah. What? Yes. Amrullah. Really, I'll tell you that maybe Rav Mari Baravua is wrong. And really, something that serves as a platter for notar does not become notar. Bo, 
this rabbi, the reason why our Mishnah says that you have to burn the whole bones and don't, don't just crack and burn the marrow inside of it is because he holds like Harry thought originally that it's a sewer to break the bones even after it's notar- notarified. And that's why our Mishnah, therefore, not necessarily is it a proof to of Mari Baravua from our Mishnah. Mari asks, you think it's Asur even when it's Basul? Didn't we learn We learned that a guy who leaves over a korban that's Tahor to get expired, or you break a bone on a Tameh animal, you do not get 40 lashes for it. So you see that breaking bone Tameh does not give you lashes. And the and the sewer breaking bones is only when the korban is still kosher, not when the korban is notar. Lo kasha, it's not a question. When our Mishnah says that you're not that you're not allowed to break a bones, that's bones that was once fit for eating, but it got pasul later. And when when the the Mishnah later on says that you're that when you break bones on a pasul ones you don't get malkut. That's referring to a pasul one that never got kosher. The guy like the tameh got tameh like the basar got tameh before you sprinkled the blood. So when it never got kosher, that's when we say that you don't get malkut when you break a, a, a tameh one. But our Mishnah is talking about when you when it was one for one second kosher, and therefore that's why. You would get to, you, you, that's why you're not allowed to break the bones even afterwards and pour it in. That's why we're burning all the bones, and it's not necessarily a rule to the, a proof to the platter rule. Okay. Says the Gemara. Uman Tana Deshani Ben Which Tana is the one who differentiates between uh, something that had a second of being kosher and one that didn't have a second of being kosher? Rabbi Yaakov, he must be Rabbi Yaakov. You, know, you don't know Rabbi Yaakov? Well, let me tell you. The Tanya we learned in a Braita, Basuk says about the Korban Pesach, the Etzem and a bone, Lotesh Birubo, do not break in this Korban Pesach, Bo, in it, Pekashen, that's only in a kosher one, Velo Basul, not a Basul one, that's Tanakama. Rabbi Yaakov, man, Nifsal, if it had a time when it was allowed, it's Basul. And it still has the issue of breaking bones. That's Rabbi Yaakov, exactly like we just said. Rabbi Shimon says, Once it's according to Rabbi Shimon, once it's Basul, there's no issue to break the bones, whether or not it was ever mutar or not. That's Rabbi Shimon. Ask the Gemara, we're going to ask a question. On Rabbi Yitzchak from our Brayta, Rabbi Yitzchak, who we, who, I'm sorry, on um, this question on Rabbi Yitzchak, if you remember, Rabbi Yitzchak was the original statement, right?
Back to the original statement, yes. Kol atzamot, kiddushim, and teonim serifa. All bones from sacrifices do not require burning. Chutz mi atzamot pesach besides the bones of Pesach, mi atzakala. Because of the, the, the danger of breaking bones. And therefore you have to burn it with the mark inside of it. Hani atzamot hechidami. Even with that moach, if we're talking about bones that have no marrow, why do you have to burn them? El pshita di idli moach. Must be it has marrow inside. Visa da shimush notan miltahu. And if you hold like Rabbi Tzak said, that shimush notan, that using notan miltahi, the platter rule is a problem. Atzamot kidoshim amai antonim sinifa. Then why wouldn't you need to? Burn the bones of other sacrifices. Also, if you say the rule that anything that serves notar is a problem, the moach is notar even in other sacrifices. So why would we say only on the korban pesach you have to burn the bones? You should have to burn the bones of every korban because it's serving the platter rule for the other korban. So we have a few different answers for these questions. The first answer is of Nachman Ritzik. He's saying, we're talking about a particular case over here. We're talking about a case that you found the bones of the sacrifices already broken. And they already took out the marrow from it. But you don't know if they took out the marrow before it became notarified, before it got expired, or, or not. If it's before it got notarified, then you don't have to burn the bones because it didn't serve as a platter for it, right? Or maybe it got got it got it was it got removed afterwards, and therefore the bones did get tamayafai. But but really, this is not a question on Rebitzak. Rebitzak still good, right? We assume that the, the bones of Kedushim, which has no rule that you can't break the bones, so probably they took it, they took out the marrow before it was notar, and therefore, and therefore there's no reason to use the platter rule, because we assume that they probably took, since you're allowed to break the bones, they probably broke the bones when it was kosher and took out the marrow, and therefore the bones are never a platter for notar, because they never got notar. Good. That's why we said they don't need Sirifa. And at Samota Pesach, but at Samota Pesach, the Yeshbem Mishum Shratism, where there is a Isur to break the bones in those. So probably they broke them after it's Notar, when you're allowed to break it. And it's since it was a platter for Notar, by Sirifa it needs to be burnt. That's the answer of Rav Nachma Yitzhak. Rav Zvid Amar, Rav Zvid says differently. Again, Rizvit's coming to answer the question that this this Braita, that it says you don't have to burn Kodashim is a question on the platter rule of Ravitzak. Rizvit Amar Rizvit says no. Here, what are we dealing with? Kigon, for example, we're now in Pegimalamabet. Shimatsan Siburim Suburim. You found them in piles. The bones are in piles. Umehem Chalutzim. And and some of them are broken with the marrow extracted from it. 
but you don't know if the rest of the pile is also broken. Or maybe there might be some of them that are shalem. There's some of them that are whole and have the marrow. If these are regular korban bones where there's no problem to, to eat the marrow, we assume that they're all broken and eaten and you don't need to break the, burn them. Maybe they only broke some of them. Well, I then they break the other ones. Why is it possible you should burn the whole things because you didn't get to check the whole pile? But you burn everything? That's why you burn everything because you didn't get to check the whole pile. Okay. Now there's a machloket about the gidin. We mentioned there's something called gidin in the Mishnah. There's these nerves in the Mishnah. Let me see what they call them here. Hold on. We have our uh, new art from. Make sure I'm getting the sinews on the nerves. Let's see what they are. Hold on. Sinews. Okay, I'm sorry, I called them nerves. They're sinews. Okay. Oh, maybe who number of? Call a gidin basad. Chutz mi de savad. So a sinew. Is that the same thing that is a nerve? It's like a nerve or an or, or artery. So they're all edible. Okay. And since they're edible, when I tell you. Oh, Harry, you want to come join the Haber Carbon Pesach? And you say, sure. And I say, okay, come over. I got to give you a kazayat of meat. I can give you a kazayat of gid. Right. And it's fine. Okay. Because it's meat. Chutz migidet savar, except for the sinews that are in the neck. So it tells you here, this is good we have this, that's the cervical ligament. It's very hard and it's like wood. And therefore, if, I, if you come and I say, no, something, I have something for you. Let me give you some cervical ligaments. Uh, you could say, no, 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 Rabbi, I think we learned that that's not really, a wood. that's not really called basar, that's called wood, I need to see, give me a, I'll take the, I'll take the steak, please. Okay? Now, Tana, that was Rav's statement. So Rav is saying that Gidet Savad is not wood. It's not basar, it's like wood. We learned in the Mishnah, Hatzamot, Vagidin, Vahanotar. These three things, the bones, the sinews, and notar, should be burnt on the 16th. Remember that from that Mishnah? Good. Hani Gidin Hechidami. What kind of, of Gidin are we talking about? Ilem Basar. If it's Gidin of flesh, Nichlinu. Why should we burn them? Eat them. We eat it today, and if you're talking about, well, we can't eat them because we left them past the expiration date. Then, Hainu Notad. Then we should just count it as Notad. The Mishnah says three things Gid and Gid, bones, and Notad. Why would we say Gidim and Notad if Gidim are Notad? El Abshita, Gidet Savar. It must be, it's the neck, the cervical ligament. And that's why it has to be burnt, because most times people don't eat them. If you tell me that the cervical living is called basad, that's why we have to burn it. 
If you say if you tell me it's wood, so why should I have to burn it? It's not edible. Since it's not edible, it's not edible. Why do I have to burn it? answers, no. The reason you're right. When we said we mentioned really gid is gid. And you're right, the gid of the of the neck is wood. And you don't have to burn it. And you can't give it to anyone. But what are we talking about here when we said Gid and Notar? We're talking about Gid Hanasheh, which is the part that you're not allowed to eat because of, of the fight of Yaakov with the angel. Yaakov fought with the angel, and there was a Gid Hanasheh that he got hit by by the angel, and it says that we're not in the thigh, and we're not allowed to eat that Gid. And therefore, the reason why we're not eating the Gid in the Korban Pesach is because we're not allowed to eat that Gid. Okay. El Gid Hanasheh. Aliba der Behuda, according to Behuda, the Tanya Behuda Omer, Enon Oheg Ela Bachat, Vadat Mochrat Shel Yemin. Because Behuda says that even though there's two legs in the animal, the Isur of Gid is only on one of the legs. And he says it's logical that it's the right one. Now, since it's Asur Torah, really you should throw it out right away and not burn it because you can't eat it. Right? It's not part of the carbon. But according to Behuda, since we're not sure if the Torah was talking about the right or the left one, it comes out that Misafek, you're not allowed to eat either of them. But you can't throw them in the garbage because since only one of them is really Asur and the other one we're throwing out because we're not sure which one it is. So therefore, I'm going to have to burn both of them. Because each one might be notar. The one that's asur is not notar. But since you don't know, you burn both of them. Good. They pull both of them out before they cook it and burn it. Seems like you asked that question earlier, right? That was who? Uh, okay, well, it doesn't say when they cooked it. Maybe they cooked it before. It doesn't say. I'm assuming they cooked it before. Pull it out first. The Ella. But according to this, why can't we figure out a suffix of Masechet Cholin? Because in Masechet Cholin, they have a question of what Rabbi Huda meant. When Rabbi Huda says that he meant uh, logically it's the right one, we're not sure if he means that logically the Torah was referring to the right one, or that he means... That the Torah only made us do the right one, or maybe he means that I think it's the right one. But since I'm still not sure, it's you shouldn't you shouldn't eat any of them. Is he really telling you that the right one is only the Asur one? You can eat the left one, or he's telling you I'm not sure. I think it's the right one, but of course, since I only think so, so. You, you can't eat either of them. So Gemara is saying now, if we're telling you here that you burn both of them that we should prove that Rabbi Huda is only saying that I think so, but not the Torah right. thinks so, and therefore, it's, therefore they're both Asur. Right. Because Rabbi Huda wasn't sure in Chulin. If it means that he knows for a fact that the Torah is talking about the right one, then we should eat the, the left one and throw out the right one. Why should I burn anything? So obviously we see that we know what it means. 
Could be that we know both of them, which means it could be that Rabbi Yehuda was really saying that the right is Torah allowed, Asur, and the left is Torah Mutar, and you could really eat it. So then if so, why are we burning these two? Because we're talking about a case, a special case, where the guy had mixed them up. He had cut out the right and the left, and really he could eat the left. And by mistake, his kid mixed them up. Which one was the right? I don't know. Oh, we're going to have to burn both of them now. And that's the case. Okay. That's according to Rav Ika Barchanina. Okay. Rav Ashi Amad, lo nitzucha ela l'shmanot d'gidan Hashem. When we said you burn it, we're telling you not the gidan Hashem itself. Of course the gidan Hashem is asur. We're referring about the shmanoshal gid, the fat that's on the gid. There's a fat that's on the gid. If you look in your, I don't know if it shows it over here. Yeah. Shmanoshal gid, it shows you a picture in the matifta, where it is. The gid and the shem goes there, and there's shemen, there's fat on top of it. The Tanya, because we learned in a Mishnah, Shmano mutar. Really, the fat of the gid is mutar. It's not the gid. Torah says the gid. This is the fat of the gid. Since Jews are holy, the Jews have a minhag not to eat it. So when we said that you burn it, that's because of minhag. Since it's only because of minhag, therefore it really was mutar. Therefore, you do have to burn it. Ravina Amar, Bechitzon, we're talking about the outer gid. It seems like there's a gad, there's a gid that is pnimi, and there's a gid that's chitzoni. Like Rebbe Rameshmol, the Amar Rebbe Rameshmol, shnei gidin hem. There's two gids. Pnimi asmukla etzim, the inner one that's closer to the bone, asur as asur from the Torah. V'chayivim lav, you get and you get malkud if you eat it. Okay, chitzon asmukla basar, the outside. That's close to the basar. That's asur. You can't get malkut if you eat it. And therefore, since it's asur only from the chachamim, and you don't get malkut, therefore we can't eat it, but we do have to burn it as notad because it is edible Torah-wise. If you look through the Torah glasses, it is edible and it's fine. Okay. It's the Rabbanan. The Rabbanan said, I guess because it looks like Gidon Nasheh or something, so the rabbi said don't eat it also. Even though they're right, it's not the Gida Primi, it's only the Gid Hachitsuni, you should be allowed to eat it. The rabbi said, don't eat it. But since only the rabbi said, don't eat it, it's not. It, it, it's going to become notar when you leave it overnight and it needs to be burnt. Okay. Says the Gemara further, here's the fun part. Note that today is Rosh Chodesh, and the, the Torah reading for Rosh Chodesh is right here in today's Gemara. The Mishnah had said that if the 16th of Nisan falls out on Shabbat, so we can't burn the Notar then, we'll burn the Notar on the 17th instead. <coughs> we have a rule in the whole Torah that when you have a Lotase telling you not to do something, and it is contradicted by an Ase where the Torah tells you to do something, the Ase is Doche Lotase. The daseh pushes off the lotaseh. So why don't we say the same thing over here? You have your uh, notar, and the pasuk says, whatever's left over overnight has to be burnt. That's an aseh. 
not to burn other things on on the holiday. Let it push. Let it push off the Shabbat. Amar Chizkia. So Chizkia wants to answer. This is answer number one. V'chen Tana Debech Chizkia. Amar Kral Pasuk says, Lo totinu mimenu ad boker. Don't leave it till the morning. V'hanotan mimenu ad boker ba'esh esofer. Whatever you do leave till the morning, make sure to burn it in a fire. V'she'en Talmud Omar ad boker. It didn't have to say ad boker the second time. It says, don't leave it till the morning. And whatever you leave till the morning, burn. Wait a second. You should just say, don't, don't leave it till the morning, and what you leave, burn. Why does he say, Ad-Bokeh the second time? <coughs> Why does he come to teach you? Ad-Bokeh, to come tell you that sometimes you could have a second Bokeh. There's two Bokehs. So there's the Bokeh of the 16th, and there's also the Bokeh of the 17th. Why are we throwing the Bokeh of the 17th? To tell you that when it's Shabbat, push it off. And therefore, since the Torah put an extra word, Ad-Bokeh, to tell you that you have an extra day, that's why we don't, it doesn't doche lota say because you don't have to do it on the 16th, you can do it on the 17th too. That's the answer of Tanibe Chizki. Abaya Amar, Abaya doesn't agree with Tanibe Chizki. He's got his own reason. He says, the Pasuk says by the Korban Tamid, Olat Shabbat Peshabato, Alolat Hatamid Viniska, which is the last Pasuk of Aliyat Yisrael today. And it says, Aliyat Olat Shabbat Peshabato. On Shabbat, you can only burn the Olah that's special for Shabbat. Velo Olat Chol B'Shabbat. And you can't burn an Olah of a weekday on Shabbat. Velo Olat Chol B'Yom Tov. You can't burn Olah of Chol on Yom Tov. And therefore, that's why you cannot burn your Korban, your leftovers of Korban Pesach on Shabbat. Because it says Olat Shabbat B'Shabbato and not Olat of Chol on Yom Tov. Or Shabbat. <coughs> okay, that's the answer of Abaya. Rava Amar, Rava has his own reason. Amar Kral Pasuk says, Who, this is referring to the fact that you're allowed to make food on. You're allowed to make food on the holiday. You're allowed to prepare food on the holiday. It says, "Who levado That food alone is what you're allowed to do on the holiday. Who it? Vulo Not something that's ancillary to it. Not something that allows you to have food. So that's from here we learn that you're allowed to bake flour, but you're not allowed to grind flour, right? You're allowed to bake bread, but not grind flour because that grind flour is machshidav. That's something that enables you to make flour. You're allowed to make the food, but you can't do enabling things that make you make the food. Okay? And Pasuk says, Levado, alone, we learn that only food, only food, but you can't do a Brit Milah if it's not the eighth day. On the Yom Tov, you can't do a Brit Milah if it's not the eighth day. Because otherwise, you'd be able to learn it from a Kaaba that you could do a Brit Milah on Yom on that's even, you would have had a, a Kalva Chomer that told you, hey, if you're allowed to make food, if you're allowed to do a Brit Milah, which is not on the right time, which could push off the Isur of Tzarat, which means the following. Let's, you would have said the following. Hey, uh, if a guy's got Tzarat, 
on his part of the milah, right? And there's an isur to cut off any tzarat of your body, right? Yet we say the the mitzvah of brit milah pushes off the isur of cutting off tzarat. So you would say if it could push off the isur of tzarat, and tzarat could push off the avodah in the bet mikdash, and the avodah bet mikdash pushes off shabbat. So the Kalvachomer, that Milah should push off Shabbat, even if it's not the right day. So I would have said that Milah on the ninth day could also push off Shabbat and Yom Tov. <coughs> but since the Pasuk says, Levado, only food, teaches you only food and not Milah on the ninth day. Now, what do we learn from there? We say, just like Milah on the ninth day doesn't push off Yom Tov, we're talking about over here, so too, any mitzvah that's not in the right time, doesn't push off Yom Tov. And therefore, we'll tell you that burning a korban, which is not a mitzvah in its right time, also shouldn't push off Yom Tov. That's the reason of Rav. Rav Ashi Amar. Rav Ashi says, Pasuk says, Shabbaton. The Yom Tov, Asehu. The mitzvah of Shabbaton, be not keeping Yom Tov, the fact that Shabbaton is an Aseh. And the Aseh of doing, of burning the Korban Pesach cannot push off, could push off a Lot alone. But since there's the word Shabbaton, which makes it a Lot and an Aseh to keep Yom Tov, so it can't push off a Lot and an Aseh. Only a Lot alone, but a Lot and an Aseh. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen. Tomorrow night, we will begin... Uh, then we will do the next stop that pay dollar. Everyone's also invited. We'll be having in our shul on Sunday afternoon at 2.30 in my house, 1885 E7th. Everyone's welcome to join. Give Kavot to the Sefer Torah to bring it to the shul. Baruch Adonai Lolam, Amen, Amen.